lot of times kids mix up the hop and the jump. Does anybody know how many feet you use for a hop? And they're like, two. I'm like, oh, you were thinking about a jump. Yeah. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a jump. <laughs> a hop is with one foot. Hey, what's up guys? This is Ben Landers. I'm the founder of thepespecialist.com and I just want to say thanks for being here. You're listening to the Fizz Ed Q&A show. I hope this is an awesome, valuable conversation that will help give you some ideas and answer some common questions around the field of physical education. If you want any links for things that we talk about or summaries, make sure to check out the show notes at thepespecialist.com slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the show. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Ben and Marcus, and we are back with you for another episode of the Fizz Ed Q&A show. Wherever you're at, thank you so much for being here. I hope that we bring you some valuable, practical ideas you can take back to your PE program and help teach your students. Today, we are going to be talking about locomotor movements and how we teach locomotor movements K to 2, especially kindergarten right. and first grade, is really when we focus hard on making sure the kids know how to do those different locomotor movements. It's one of the common standards in most PE programs. So we're going to talk today about some of the ideas that we have um, doing those different things. And uh, we will get started in just a second. But first, we're going to read the iTunes review of the week. Uh, this one is from Felizone. Felizone. It says, Amazing podcast. I have been following for quite a few years now and have to say uh, Ben is an amazing teacher. He's dedicated, knowledgeable, and experienced. And Marcus. <laughs> Every time I listen, I learn something new. Good job to both of you. Keep up the good work. Thank you for that review. And if you'd Thank like to help you. us out with uh, some feedback on iTunes, that does help us reach more people. So uh, please go ahead and head over to iTunes and leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. For real. And with that said, let's get into the show. Marcus, how do you teach your kids locomotors when they don't know how to do them? Excellent question, Ben. Let's jump right into it. <laughs> Uh, when we talk about locomotors, we're talking about those fundamental movement patterns, so like walking, jogging, skipping, galloping, sliding, uh, hands and feet, leap, um, all those uh, skipping, all those fundamental things that uh, students need to learn and establish on there. So um, what we like to do is we like to talk about how important fundamental, uh, excuse me, locomotor movements are. Um, up in our gym, we have each of the locomotives posted on the wall above the gym. And then in front of them at our school, we have a locomotor train. So we talk about um, why we call it a locomotor is because locomotors move from one place to another um, carrying uh, precious cargo. So we talk about all those different things uh, as far as why we do one locomotives. Because if you can do all of those locomotives, then you can do any activity that you want to do. You can walk, jog, skip, gallop, do all those cool things, and you can play any sport or activity, whether it be baseball, basketball, dance, gymnastics, all those different things. You have to know those fundamental locomotor movements. So um, before we begin teaching them, we want to try to establish the why we are doing what we are doing. And that's a, one of many ways that you can explain to students um, about why it's important to have uh, locomotor skills. 
one of the first things that we try to teach is the walking and jogging aspect. Students know how to walk and students know how to run, but a lot of kindergarten and first grade students have struggled with their jogging skills. So the, one of the first things that we do is a walking and jogging is incorporated in our warm up. So at our gym, we have um, the basketball court line up around the outside of our gym. Students come in, they walk, especially kindergarten, they come and they sit down on that walking line and we establish what to do. The short lines are the walking lines and the long lines are the jogging lines. That's something that you might do in your classroom. You might want to do something else on there, but we also demonstrate how to do a walking and jogging for our students. So the students that see us walking, they see us jogging. It's not a run. We're not running as fast as we can. We're jogging and pacing ourselves, getting ready for that pacer test as they get older. And then after we do that, we give the students a chance to work on their walking and jogging skills. And then we play music with them. So when the music is on, then they'll walk and jog. And when the music stops and they freeze, or we go over a stop signal. If you want to learn more about our stop and go signal, you can check out some of our previous podcasts and videos, and we can tell you how those things work. But one of the first things that we do on our locomotive movements is working on those walking and jogging skills. Yes. Um, once the kids have that routine down, so... When the music comes on, they know how to jog on one line, walk on another line, jog on the next line, walk on another line. You can start to switch up locomotors. Um, once you've taught them how to slide, once you've taught them how to gallop, you can have them practice galloping on the long lines, sliding on the short lines. So first you got to teach them that, um, but once they know how to do it, or at least know what it looks like to attempt to do it, you can have them do that. And I always tell my kids, like if I say, hey, sliding lines, skipping lines, and if you don't know how to skip, just do your best. Do your best. Because <laughs> one thing I've learned is instead of trying to like hammer it in and and bring a kid and work one-on-one with them, one of the best ways to do it is just letting them be peer pressured in and watching the kids in front of them and behind them do it. They'll start to figure it out. And mm-hmm. if you do it enough, after one or two years, I mean, I think I've had maybe one first grade student who started with me in kindergarten and wasn't able to skip Correct. in the last 12 years. So, Correct. I mean, there's, there's, you're going to have a very rare case where if you're actually having your kids do things um, throughout the year and they're seeing their friends do it, they're going to catch on, yeah. um, especially if you're giving them good cues and things like that. Yeah. Immersion, um, is, a, immersion is a great way to learn. Um, seeing others, uh, that's a valuable skill that you can teach them as well. You see that uh, Jimmy's over here doing a good job on the skip do what he does and maybe he has something that maybe you can't explain to him very well um they see it from somebody else that can help them uh, be yeah. successful another thing to remember too is and i think sometimes uh we forget about this as teachers is with kindergarten and first grade especially sometimes positive feedback might be more important than uh, specific feedback correct so instead of saying hey make sure you hop and then take a step, and then put your right foot down. They're like, I don't even know who my right foot is, dude. (laughs) Instead of saying that, just say, hey, great job. You're so close to skipping. It looks almost just like a skip. And that builds them up to keep on trying. Because with kindergarten and first grade, if you give them positive feedback, they have less chance of giving up, which is the worst thing that could happen. Whereas if you give them too much specific feedback, it's overwhelming oh, to them, and then they have a higher chance of giving up. Yeah. So I always try to remember that with my kindergarten and first graders, um, and even some of the older kids as well. It just depends yeah. on the student. But when the kids get older, they're going to be able to understand that more specific feedback. It's going to be more helpful for them. They'll be able to process it. 
Um, so it's more helpful the older the kids get. Correct. But making sure that you're uh, giving a lot of positive over the specific with the kindergarten and first graders. Um, also, once the kids know how to move on a line, it's time to start moving around in the gym. So you need to teach open space, personal space, everybody's personal bubble. So um, one thing that obviously we want kids to do is be able to move around in an open space. And so to do that, a great way to practice that is practicing moving in different ways, using locomotor skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you can work on some non-locomotor skills. So non-locomotor is when I'm moving in one place. So if I'm bending my arms, that's a non-locomotor skill. If I'm shaking my body, but I'm not moving around, that's a non-locomotor skill. When I'm moving from one place to another, that's called a locomotor skill, skipping, sliding, galloping. Although you could also skip in In one place. place. Is it a locomotor then? I don't know, man. (laughs) Just blew my own mind. I hope a kid never asked me that. I don't, if you know the answer to that, please tag me on social media and let me know. Uh, One of the professors that is listening to this. Um, So the way we do that is just, I I always describe, I have my kids stand up and say, hey, you got a personal bubble around you. I have a personal bubble around me. We don't want to pop each other's bubble. If we get too close, our bubbles are going to pop. Do we want to pop our bubbles? Everybody say, no. And so then we just practice walking around in open space without popping each other's bubbles. And it's literally just, I play the music, you walk, I stop the music, you freeze. And I will look around the room and I'll try to point out the kids that have a lot of space around them. Like everybody give them a thumbs up. And I point out the kids that need to spread out a little bit because they might be following their friends out around a little bit too much. Let's see if next time you can have open space like Johnny over there in the big open space. Um, And we also, like Marcus said at the beginning, you got to explain why. Why do we want to make sure we know how to move in open space? Because... If you don't know how to do that, you're not going to be able to play games, you're not going to be able to play sports, and you're also going to possibly hurt yourself or hurt someone else when we do try to play a game. So I always try to sell my kindergarten first graders on the fact that, look, I have so many fun games I want to teach you, but first, you have to prove to me that you know how to move safely in the gym. And so once they do a walking, then we'll start to step it up and do the other locomotors. Mm-hmm. Um, and and remembering that if you're going to teach your kindergarten, or if you're going to tell your kindergartners to slide, you first have to demonstrate a slide. To them. you got to show them how to do it, slide sideways, and show them how to do it wrong, and then show them how to do it right. A lot of times those non-examples go a really long way in teaching kids how to do it the correct way. Of course. Yeah. We, uh, we try to establish that as well. And then, uh, just like Ben said, telling students... And this is what you do from that first week, um, especially in kindergartens when we have them take a tour around the gym. And then we ask them, hey, what are some of the things that you saw that we might do in the gym that you don't do in your regular classroom? And they'll say basketball and they'll see the hula hoops and jump ropes. And then you talk about it again and say, hey, if you remember in the equipment room, we have basketballs, we have hula hoops, we have jump ropes. We want to be able to do all those activities, but we cannot do those activities if we're crashing into each other. Uh, so uh, telling them that why and explain that why to them, just like Ben was talking about, is a great way for you to uh, work on that personal space and make sure that students aren't crashing into each other. After you get that personal space established and you're working on that open space, what we like to do is uh, either do a locomotor pattern or an activity, and we play the music. When the music is on, students are moving, the music stops, the students freeze, or we go the, over a signal. 
one of the easiest ones that we like to do is a game called I see. And then we like to teach them doing the call and response and says, when I say, I see, you say, what do you see? And even establishing that, students learn to learn to listen to the teacher. So a lot of times it takes them a couple of times to get the I see, what do you see? And then you can explain a lot of different things to them. Like I sometimes I say, I see a room of kindergartens flying around like airplanes. And then they're moving around and they get a chance to explore and explore those different locomotives while being safe. While you get a chance to assess by looking to see if they are in personal space, if they're moving towards open space, so space where no other students are at, and then you can move on, do some things, uh, some different uh, locomotors on there. So, uh, I see is an easy, fun, uh, personal space, uh, open space activity that you can uh, step with your kindergarten, first, second grade, any of those that you need to do to work on those personal space skills. So, like, let's talk about some of the things, like the specific ways that we'll tell them to move. So okay. It's like, I see, what do you see, and then what do we say? It's uh, like, move around like, I say, like a feather blowing yeah. in the wind. Yeah. So just random things like a snake crawling in the grass, yeah. or a bird flying in the air, yeah. or a giant with big, heavy feet, or a fish swimming yeah, in the sea, yeah. or the sea is frozen and now you're on ice skates. Yeah. So you just literally make up different things the kids can do. Um, one thing I always end with on that one is, I, I say, I see, and they say, what do you see? And I say, now what I see is all the lines in the gym are railroad tracks, mm. and we are all trains, mm. and we have to stay on the railroad track. You cannot crash into any other train. So if you get on a line, and there's somebody else in your way, you just have to turn around. So we just practice moving around on the lines in the gym. So there's tons of different things, just yeah. literally just up to your imagination. Horses galloping, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, all types of different things. You can even incorporate sport activities in there. I see um, baseball. I see a whole bunch of baseball players hitting home runs all over, the, you know, running the bases and doing yeah. different things like that. So you can... Uh, uh, imaginary soccer ball and all those things so you can incorporate lots of different uh, types of movements on there and it gives you a chance to uh, establish that personal space and, and open space yeah for sure it's a good classic you can use it anywhere no equipment set up kids love it um <clears throat> so after we do that one that's you know i'm not necessarily doing specific locomotors we're just working on moving in different ways in that game um but at some point in kindergarten first grade i definitely will go over like marcus said we have we call it the locomotor wall or the locomotor train where it's all the locomotors I want them to know by first grade by the end of the year. So it's like walk, jog, skip, slide, gallop, leap, hands and feet. Is that it? Jump. Did I say jump? Jump. Yeah. Hop. Hop. Yeah. Okay. So um, all the general locomotors that PE teachers are supposed to teach their kids how to move. And so I'll go just go through each one. You know, a lot of times kids mix up the hop and the jump. Does anybody know how many feet you use for a hop? And they're like, two. I'm like, oh, you were thinking about a jump. Yeah. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a jump. <laughs> a hop is with one foot. Um, and so uh, think, like that's another thing is uh, when you're teaching kids locomotors, a lot of times I'll say, can anybody show me how to slide? And then a kid will do a skip. And instead of saying, 
oh, that's not a slide, that's a skip. I always try to frame it and reframe it and make them feel good. And I'll say, man, that is an awesome skip. Yeah. But I was actually looking for a slide, but everybody gave her a thumbs up on that skip. That was mm-hmm. too good. Does anybody know how to slide? So trying to build a culture in your gym where kids are willing to show what they think is right, even if they're not 100% sure, making sure that, especially in kindergarten, first grade, that yeah. when everybody's watching that you're not saying something negative or trying to make any saying something that could you might not even think twice about it but it could make a kid feel embarrassed because they're only five years old and their whole class is watching them so um, just be wary of that and try to frame things in a positive way like when they answer the question wrong when you ask them how many feet for a hop you say oh that's a jump you were thinking of right Um, so just be creative about the way that you refine kids when they're answering questions to try to create a safe environment in your classroom We want to talk about this. Uh, I was singing him just now when we were talking about that session that Dr. Rink did at that oh, conference man. we were at. Yeah. So we were at this conference, me and Marcus both, I think it was last summer, right? It was, or was yeah. it during the school year? It was during the school year. During the school year. And uh, Dr. Rink is a professor that I had at USC, and she's like the king of PE. She wrote the textbook. She's done all this stuff uh, with legislation, especially in South Carolina where we live. And um, she did an entire session on what's called inner task development. And she did a whole lesson on skipping and showed how deep you can get into skipping. skipping. So you want to like just talk a little bit about that. She just talked about the different levels and and speeds and different ways that you can uh, approach skipping and giving students a chance to work on a different skip. So if they can understand how to do it in different ways, it's going to help them understand how to do it in general. So if you can get a kid to skip forward, skip fast, skip with heavy feet, skip with light feet, go backwards. So all those different ways that you can test your skipping skills, and that's going to uh, prove to that student that they understand how to do it. So she did that with skipping. She did that with leaping. She had she broke down each of them and had them demonstrate them in a different way than just the normal way of skipping and galloping and leaping. So um, what we try to incorporate, or what I'm going to try to incorporate, is testing and uh, testing the students to see if they can assess themselves and see if they can do the skill in multiple different ways. If they can do that, then that's going to tell them that they are ahead of the game, that they can do the locomotor and, and, and do it in any kind of activity. So... I would encourage you to look up or try to uh, get some links on um, some inter-task development because if you can get your students to understand that there is more than one way to do the locomotor, that's expanding their knowledge and expanding their brain. So um, that was some great things uh, as far as professional development for us to see a veteran uh, professor show us that there are still more than one one way to, to teach students how to move. Um, getting them to do them in different ways than they normally do it can help them remember how to do it. Yeah, it's just getting down to the very, very basics of almost every skill. It's like she went so deep into skipping. I had never, I just, I'm trying to get my kids to learn how to skip forward, just normal. And she was like, skip backwards. Can you skip to the side? Can you skip slow? Can you skip fast? Can you skip while you're like skipping high up in the air? Now try to skip moving your elbows, really, really concentrate on your elbows. Now concentrate on getting your knees up yeah. high and skip like skip with a friend. You know, it was yeah. just like it's there's so amazing. many different ways that yeah. you can challenge kids to, to learn a skill. Um, 
you could easily build a lesson on skipping yeah. or galloping or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was, it was really interesting. I had never thought about it like that before. Um, uh, another way that I constantly practice locomotors with K1 is because we do so many stations with K1, which um, if you haven't already listened to our podcast on tips for teaching kindergarten, that might be a good one for you to check out. And um, have we done one on stations? Yeah, that would be a good one. That's a good one. Next time. <laughs> um, and so since we do a lot of stations with K1, a lot of times what I'll do is when the kids clean up their station before I have them rotate, I'll tell them when I say go, I want you to show me how to gallop to the next station. And then I'll usually say, does anybody, can anybody give us an example of how to gallop? And I'll pick one kid, you know, every kid's raising their hand because they want to prove their, <laughs> their skill of galloping. That. And they gallop to the next station and I say, oh, awesome job. Or if they don't do it right, I'll say, wow, that was a great slide or <laughs> a great jump. But I know you were thinking about a jump, but I want to see a gallop. Um, so remember not, if somebody volunteers, always remember to not, to say you don't want to say great gallop if it wasn't a gallop, but you also don't want to say that wasn't a gallop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to try to put a positive spin on it. Um, so that's something that we do anytime I rotate from stations or have kids moving around the gym, instead of just saying rotate and wasting that valuable chance to have them practice a skill for a few seconds, um, I always say, all right, everybody show me how to skip. And then they show me how to skip. And if you see a kid that doesn't know how to skip, you can just mark a note on your roster. And then maybe next week you see them again, they don't know how to skip, you mark another note. And then you see after a while, you have the kids that need that extra help that you might want to give a few positive comments or a few feedback to or say, hey, at recess, I want you to work with this person that knows how to skip um, and try to do at least two laps around the playground skipping to work on your skills. And so. it's also engaging the students in, in their brain because usually when we're doing the station, they're not doing a locomotor activity. They're usually playing something. Yeah. And then they have to clean up that. And then they're, they're already focused on what they're doing at the next station. And then you engage their brain and you, they have to dig into that file in their brain and say, hey, this is what I got to do to get to the next station. That's a great way for something to click for them. Um, so we always try to throw in a locomotor when they're rotating from one station to the next. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Lucky Square. Lucky Square is a locomotor uh, game that students can do. Uh, basic, basic setup that we have in our gyms, we have seven four-square courts. We have three on one side of the gym, three on the other side of the gym with a uh, four-square court in the middle. You don't have to have the same kind of four-square courts that we have. You can just set up... Uh, any way that you want. Basically, we put cones in the middle of the squares that are on the outside, going with one, two, three, four, five, six, and then the square in the middle is the lucky square. And we explain to the students that your goal is to try to get to the lucky square in the middle. We have a huge uh, foam die that we toss up in the air, six sides to a die. If it lands on that number, then you get to go inside of the lucky square in the middle. We start off by walking around the outside of the activity. When the music stops, the students go to the closest square, and then you have to talk to them about where the closest square is because sometimes they want to go to the other side of the gym where their friends are, but they need to go to the closest square. <coughs> Excuse me. And then you toss the dice up, whatever num number it lands on, then that person goes into the lucky square in the middle. 
After you do that, you can work on all types of locomotions around the outside. And then you can also work on different kind of exercises or game activities in the lucky square. You might want to do push-ups or curl-ups or jumping jacks. Or you might have some equipment that you can work on the dribbling skills or jump roping skills. A lot of different things you can do in the lucky square. But you can sell that locomotor around the outside and students forget that they're working on the locomotor because they want to get to the lucky square in the middle. So a lucky square is a fun and easy with limited equipment set up that you can do to for you to assess their locomotor skills as they're going around the outside. Yeah, and if you don't have a, like some gyms have a circle in the middle, you can just call it lucky circle. circle. Yeah. Um, another thing I did, uh, is because our four square courts aren't super evenly spaced out, they're kind of on the ends of the gym at our mm -hmm. gym, is uh, last year when I did this, I just had hula hoops evenly spaced in a circle around the gym, and each hula hoop had a numbered cone in it. So basically the same exact thing Marcus is saying, but when the music stopped, you just go put your foot, one foot inside mm -hmm. of a hula hoop, and do not touch the cone <laughs> do not touch the cone put one foot inside the hula hoop do not touch the cone and then i would just roll the dice whatever number it landed on that hula hoop got to come to the middle and be the lucky square nice. yeah and yeah. then the reason they're the lucky square is because they get to practice and exercise <laughs> um so it's funny because i you'll i'll teach the whole class to exercise first and then i'll roll the dice to see who gets to come do it in the middle while everybody else is practicing that locomotor around the outside, outside. Um, so then the next time the music stops, if you're in the middle in the lucky circle or the lucky square, you just go to your, whatever hula hoop you want. Um, you might get to go back into yeah, it. Maybe, you never know. Never it might go. be the lucky circle, lucky square again. again. And uh, if, if there was ever one student that got picked by their self, so they went to the lucky square by their self, always let them pick their friend, friend whatever yeah. friend they wanted. Mm -hmm. um, so that's lucky square, another fun way for you to practice some locomotor activities. Uh, another good way is if you do any kind of parachute games, which, to be honest, I didn't even pull the parachute out last year. Did you, guys, did you guys do it? You guys yeah. do one? Yeah. So usually I'll do it at the end of the year. My end of the year last year was a little bit hectic. Um, but it's a very popular thing to do. Most people probably have a parachute. So when you're, when you're doing different parachute activities, that's an easy way. Your kids are all holding on to the same thing. You can practice sliding in a circle while mm -hmm. holding the parachute, walking, jogging skipping galloping so moving around in a circle around the parachute with one hand on the parachute is an easy way to practice working in those locomotors into your parachute activities yeah. um and then another way and this is probably my favorite way is doing follow the leaders yeah. um well one follow the leader that is probably the first one that i'll teach my kids is call it macaroni song so this one there's a youtube video on if you want to get the song um, is just a real, it's kind of a knockoff of the Yankee Doodle. And basically, when he puts his feather in his hat, he calls it either skip a roni, mm -hmm. slide a roni, mm -hmm. move a roni. So yeah. kids move in different ways. So they just have a little dance, they sing along to the Yankee Doodle song. And then when he calls his feather a specific way to move, the kids move around in open space. And um, I'll pause the song in the middle of the song and I'll like, look around the room and everybody freezes up like, oh wow, Jack, you got good open space. Awesome job. And just praise the kids that are in that good open space and moving yeah. around. Yeah, my, my favorite is listen to move. Uh, listen to move. It works the same way as uh, calling macaroni, but basically all the kids do is they listen to a voice and the voice tells them what locomotor to do. And then there's an associated music that plays along with it. So the first one is walk. 
and you'll hear the, the uh, guy tell them to walk. Uh, Greg and Steve tell them to walk, and they'll walk around, and then they'll tell them to uh, gallop, and then they, they tell them to run, and then we establish, like, okay, we don't run in the gym. What's something that's something similar to a run? And it's a jog, and then we talk about that as well. The best part about listening to move is that the halfway through, the guy would say, say, hey, now let's see if you can remember what the sounds tell you to do. So now the students have to be able to move with the music without them telling them exactly what to do. So they get a chance. And it's, it's a, a preschool activity, but it's something that you can do to assess to see whether students are listening and following directions. Um, so that's an easy one that you could do to work on those locomotor skills. And see if they know how to move to open space. True. Yeah, you know how to listen. One day we'll have a P specialist updated <laughs> version of that where it's a call and response. Because there's a few locomotors that I want to add to that song Correct. that are not in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great one. And then another one is uh, the chicken dance. So when we do the chicken dance, I teach the kids the normal chicken dance, which we'll provide links below to all these songs and resources if you want to check them out. Um, but during the um, time where normally kids are either like turning around in a circle or doing like a dosi do, I'll just have kids moving in open space, mm-hmm. practicing a specific locomotor. So we'll do like a skip, then we'll do a slide, then we'll do a gallop. Um, and then when the dance song comes back on, they're doing so just a simple way to add in some locomotor movements to that one as well yeah i've also uh because the original version is a little fast so we put it in audacity to slow it down a little bit and that can help students when they struggle to do that because i mean any sport or sporting activity or something like that, they do the chicken dance. So if your student does not know how to do chicken dance, you just help them fit in when they go somewhere around a whole bunch of people that they might not know. So we might know the chicken dance and it might be simple to us, but you know, you might have a kindergarten student who has not done the chicken dance before. So you teach them that and that's something that they can do outside of class to help them stay healthy for a lifetime. So um, you can find any kind of software to slow down or speed up any kind of music that can help your students, especially you might have a student that has an IEP or something like that. They may struggle doing that. That's something you might want to do to accommodate them as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Another great resource for pre-K uh, kindergarten and first grade is there's an artist uh, whose name is Mr. Chris Christopher Zondaflex Tyler and I will link up a post that I've linked up some of my favorite songs from him but he's basically a hip-hop artist that specializes in creating uh, dances and songs for younger kids and um, all of his songs are kind of like the follow along you just teach basic dances you got a ton of dances on YouTube that you can learn the steps to very easily um, and, uh, if you haven't ever heard any of his songs, he's definitely a good resource to check out for just learning rhythm. And also he's got a bunch of different locomotors built into a lot of his songs as well. Cool. And you can also do the hokey pokey. Hokey pokey is a great way for you to work on those locomotors. Uh, you also work on your right and your left and you work on different body parts. Put your foot in, one foot out, shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you're moving around. A lot of times me and Ben like to have hula hoops set up for our students so that they can stay in that personal space and open space. They can go around the hula hoop instead of going around and crashing into each other. While they're going around hokey to pokey, you can uh, talk about different locomotors doing those as well around the outside of them while they're doing hokey pokey. So uh, it's a simple activity that you can expand 
and making an assessment task or an application task for students as well. And even just doing basic follow the leader, just working on locomotor skills, you don't actually have to have the CDs or anything like that. You could just play the music and have one student follow another student and just work on that. Uh, or have a group of students just playing follow the leader. That's something that they can do at home and take no equipment. They can do it at recess and you get a chance to see what their, um, their locomotor skill level is and then you get a chance to refine and to teach and to give feedback to students who are working on those skills. So, um, there will be a link up a video for that one as well if you want to see one example of how to do that with a hula hoop, how we work in the hula hoops with that. Um, and last but not least for locomotors is how are you going to assess those locomotors? Um, what we do is uh, this, the big thing that we've been working for kindergarten, first grade, at the end of the year, we do something called the locomotor license assessment. Uh, and this is a very uh, popular and common thing that PE teachers will do where they give their kids a license if they can learn how to move their bodies with control. Um, and so we'll link up some more resources for that one as well if you want to see how we run that. But the basic idea is... Um, I've, I tell my kids about it in kindergarten. I'm like, dude, we're working on these locomotors because when you get to first grade, I'm going to give you the locomotor license test. So it's a big buildup. And then finally, at the end of the year in first grade, we do the locomotor license test where I'll start it off and they'll buckle up and they'll turn their car on and they'll hold on to their <laughs> steering wheel and they'll show me how to walk at 35 miles an hour. And then when they get to the interstate, they jog and then the road gets slippery and they start to slide. So basically I turn the music on, they're doing one specific locomotor. I turn it off and so stoplight and they have to freeze. Um, and then as they're doing that, I'm making notes of any kids that don't know how to do it correctly. And then after that test, I have some stations set up for the kids. The kids go to some stations and then during that time, I'll go to each kid that didn't do something correctly and I'll talk with them. I'll say, hey, when you were galloping, you were so close, but this is what you did wrong. Or, hey, remember when you ran into the wall? That's not driving your car <laughs> safely, is it? So you're going to have to show me again next week. So they have to be safe and they also have to do the locomotives correctly to get their license. Um, so any kids that don't get it, they'll get another chance to get at a retest the next week. That's a great way for you to work on those assessment skills. Uh, if you don't, you can always use Call It Macaroni, Listen and Move, any of those ones we've been talking about, uh, or you can make up your own, uh, but just use that as a tool, as a culminating activity, as an assessment task for those students so they have something to build up to, have something to work on. And don't be afraid to not give the students the locomotor license. If they make a mistake, tell them about it. That's a great way for them to learn. Um, but give them opportunities to try to earn that locomotive license again. Don't just do it one time. Plan for it to do it multiple weeks if you have um, students who don't make it as well. But um, we prep students from day one when we first start teaching locomotive license, uh, locomotives that at the end of first grade, our goal is for you to earn this locomotive license so that you can show us that you know how to move with control you know, crashing in, you stay in the boundaries, and you know how to do all these locomotives because if you can do all these locomotives, then you can do any physical activity that's going to keep you healthy for a lifetime. So we try to establish that baseline and that why, and we try to bring it back to them at the end of first grade. Yeah, for sure. Also, uh, since I did actually fail my 
first driver's license test, I always mm. tell the kids that when I'm when I'm explaining it, when there's a class with some students that are not going to receive their license on the first try, I say, hey, my first try, I'm on driver's license test. When I tried to do that parallel park, well, first of all, I was in my mom's minivan. So, man, oh, it's a hard thing to park. Yeah, that's tough. But I don't include that part in the story of kids. <laughs> I was like, man, I hit the curb, and they they didn't give me my license. I had to go back a week later and try it again. And do you, do you know what happened when I went back the second time? I practiced my parallel park over and over and over again in my driveway. And then the next time I did it, I knew how to do it, and I got my license. So it's a way for you to remind kids it's not the end of the world because some of them will think it's the end of the world. Um, But uh, to remind them that they can work hard on it and get better, and then when they come back, then uh, they'll get their license. So just make sure if you give everybody a license, even if they don't know how to do it, then it doesn't mean as much for the kids that actually did work hard and did learn how to do it correctly. So... Links below in the podcast show notes page for all that stuff that we uh, have been talking about. Podcast show notes are at pspecialist.com slash podcast. Got any last thoughts about locomotors or anything you were thinking about we didn't I think didn't we hit. covered it all. We appreciate you uh, checking this out and watching and, and listening, whatever way that you are connecting with us. Don't be afraid to connect with us on social media and don't be afraid to share and to leave a review that's a great way for us to continue to uh pass on the knowledge that we've gained over the years and hopefully hopefully you picked up something along the way that's all we can ask for for sure guys we really appreciate listening or watching wherever you're at thanks so much for being a part of the phys ed family over here at the p specialist and we hope you have an awesome day have fun and teach on we'll catch you next time Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Fizz Ed Q&A Show podcast. I hope it was so helpful and you got some serious value bombs out of it. Just wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by the PE Specialist Membership Community. It's an awesome crew of passionate PE teachers where we get together, brainstorm ideas, come to with common problems and provide feedback to each other. And we've got a ton of awesome resources like e-courses, online trainings, tutorials, a ton of unit and lesson plan samples, printable station signs, and cues posters, and I could keep on going, but I know you've got things to do. So I just wanted to let you know, if you want to check out the details and see if it might be a good fit for you, you can head on over to thepspecialist.com slash info for some more information. As always, have fun and teach on. Have a great day, guys.